This episode of the Signal 51 Chronicles is brought to you by Oscars Pub, 6323 Kent Bowie Boulevard. Roxo Media House. A Signal 51 is police code for an investigation, a law enforcement proceeding that is a systemic and thorough attempt to learn the facts about a possible crime that is complex and whose facts and circumstances are generally hidden at least initially, behind obstacles that can be coincidental and or man-made. Investigations methods are formal. I'm John Henry, a journalist. My partner is Jake White, a retired Fort Worth police sergeant. Together, we examine the difficult cases of law enforcement, both in Fort Worth and around the region. This is Signal 51. The show is designed specifically for a more mature audience. Some of the content is graphic and is not intended for younger audiences. On this edition of the Signal 51 Chronicles, Mystery in Parker County. In the early morning of December 16, 1982, a kidnapping case Fort Worth police had been working since receiving notice of an incident on Hewland Street received a break in the case. Pamela Laughlin, 34, told police that a man pointed a gun at her shortly after midnight Thursday, the night before, as she was leaving Skaggs Alpha Beta at 4613 South Hewland Street. Today, that's the location of Panera Bread and Ross Dress for Less with the Denny's out front there on Hewland Street. The Denny's was notable for another incident involving Colin Davis that we might get into later. I also have a not-so-notable incident at that exact same Denny's that I don't, well, actually, I don't know if we're ever going to be able to get into that one. We've got too many working. Is that what the deal is? Possibly. Well, anyway, the assailant, a lone captor, wore a ski mask. He told Pamela, according to Pamela, shut up, don't make a sound, get in the car, or I'll kill or shoot you. The man then allegedly made a call to her father, R.J. Hutto, demanding a $10,000 ransom. That started a seven-hour abduction, Pamela said, adding that her captor kept her within a three-mile radius of her house on Briarhaven Road, which is just off Hewlin Street, not far from where she was confronted. The man placed a mask over Pamela's head, drove her Datsun 280Z two blocks before switching to another car. He drove her to a house she didn't know after calling her father at 1 a.m. Pamela's father called police to report a man threatening to kill his daughter if he did not pay the ransom. The assailant did not call her father a second time to arrange a meeting. Pamela was kept in a bedroom for several hours, she said, and was not harmed or assaulted. Pamela told police detectives that she was able to flee at 7 a.m. the next morning when her assailant stopped to look under the, hood, the car hood at South Hewland Street and Bel Air Drive South. Pamela said she ran to an Exxon station as noises similar to gunshots rang out behind her. Despite the lengthy kidnapping, Fourth Police were unable to find a single witness to the abduction or Pamela's daring escape that she said included gunshots. Hewland Street in 1982 was, was a busy thoroughfare, though not anywhere near the traffic it is today. Later that morning, the Tarrant County Medical Examiner's Office identified a man found shot to death at a low water crossing at, Oak, at Ox Mill Creek in rural Parker County. He was identified as John D. Laughlin, Pamela Laughlin's soon-to-be ex-husband. 
The Tarrant County Medical Examiner's Office confirmed what Parker County Judge Gerald Birdwell said earlier. John Denton Laughlin was killed by four 45 caliber gunshot wounds to the chest. Family members positively identified the body that Thursday, the exact same day the Laughlins were to settle their divorce case. John Denton Laughlin was the son of Fort Worth oil man John M. Laughlin Jr., one of the founders of the Fort Worth Gun Club. The 35-year-old was described as a, quote, big, kind of rough-looking guy, but real nice. He collected cars, among them a restored Corvette. He was extremely nice to my boys, said one of his former neighbors. They were always talking to him about cars. But other than that, we just saw them come and go. John and Pamela Laughlin were an affluent couple whose marriage had faltered a second time and was to have ended that Thursday morning with a simple property settlement. The couple's divorce hearing scheduled in State District Court Judge Harold Valderis's court was canceled after Pamela's escape from a gunman who had held her hostage and demanded a $10,000 ransom. While investigating the kidnapping case that morning, police learned that a gunshot riddled body found two days before, six and a half miles southwest of Weatherford, was Laughlin, a co-owner of Comfort Control Air Conditioning. Laughlin's mother, Frances Laughlin, reported her son missing after he failed to appear for the divorce hearing. Laughlin was also being sought for questioning by police about his wife's abduction when the body was identified. The close proximity of Laughlin's shooting death and Pamela's abduction have baffled Fort Worth police detectives and Parker County Sheriff's investigators. Police suspect that the cases could be linked, but said more leads must be pursued. We still have a lot of questions that need to be answered, said Fort Worth homicide detective L.T. Steffler. To me, there are a lot of coincidences. At first, we thought he, being Laughlin, was involved, or he might have put somebody up to it. But when they found his body, that kind of eliminated him. According to the news reports at the time, John Laughlin, 35, was insured for $307,000 on six separate life insurance policies that were awarded when the couple was first divorced in February of 1980. That's close to $1 million today. Robert Hoover, Laughlin's attorney, said he was uncertain of the beneficiary named on those policies. Moreover, Laughlin owned $106,000 in Exxon stock, more than $320,000 today, and was half owner of the air conditioning business with Pamela's brother, Jay Hutto. Laughlin made a $20,000 down payment to buy half the company's assets from the company's former owner, R.J. Hutto, Pamela's father. R.J. Hutto sold the other half of his company to his son, Hoover said. The Laughlins reconciled and were remarried in June of 1980, but the marriage again collapsed and Pamela filed for divorce on April 30th, 1982. She won a temporary order compelling Laughlin to pay bills such as gasoline credit cards, insurance premiums, and utilities. She also won childcare costs for the couple's seven-year-old son. Laughlin was last seen between 8 p.m. and 10 p.m. Monday when he said he was going to his wife's house 
to repair a broken door, police said. Steffler, the homicide detective, said Laughlin left his apartment at 3215 Las Vegas Trail when his wife called Monday night as he was watching the Dallas Cowboys on TV. When a crime scene search unit surveyed Laughlin's apartment Thursday, they found the apartment lights burning, the TV game going on the same channel that the Cowboys game had been on, the apartment doors unlocked, and Laughlin's five guns missing. Police said it appeared that Laughlin had planned to return soon to his apartment. Steffler said the apartment showed no signs of a struggle. At 9 a.m. that December 14th, pipeline workers fixing a low water crossing at Oxmill Creek in rural Parker County discovered Laughlin's body with four large caliber bullet wounds. Because the husky, six foot, 225 pound man had no identification, sheriff's officials teletyped information of the death to law enforcement agencies, including Fort Worth Police. Parker County Judge Gerald Birdwell ruled that Laughlin was killed by four 45 caliber gunshot wounds to the chest. Family members identified the body at the Tarrant County Medical Examiner's Office. Steffler said the only item found on the fully clothed body was a brass screwdriver to be used in repairing the door. Police are searching for Laughlin's missing 1979 Ford Bronco. Police said they didn't know of Laughlin's death when Pamela took them through the story of her abduction. Steffler said Pamela remained calm during initial questioning, but when asked about her estranged husband, she fainted. Although both their wealthy families belong to the Fort Worth Social Directory, attorneys for the couple said they expected a smooth settlement Thursday morning. Hoover, who represented Laughlin in the couple's first divorce, said his client had not been heard from since Monday, but he did not suspect foul play. This has not been a hostile divorce at all, Hoover told newspaper reporters. It's been rather simple and matter of fact. It was just a matter of how to divide the property. Because much of Laughlin's property had been divided during their separation, Thursday's hearing was supposed to be routine. Police had questions about Pamela's claim she was abducted at gunpoint from the grocery store on Hewland Street, but that investigation had come up against a wall. Rather than cooperate with police who were trying to solve her case, Pamela suddenly went radio silent. She became uncooperative. Police wanted her to take a polygraph test in connection with the abduction, but her attorneys refused. Police eventually turned the case over to the Tarrant County Grand Jury for further investigation. There are questions that arise that we would like answered, Detective E.W. Cole said. She gave us a complaint. After any complaint, there are questions that arise that have to be followed through, and without the complainant's cooperation, we cannot fulfill our duties. She's not cooperating in the investigation as far as we're concerned. So what else can you do but submit the case to the grand jury, Detective Steffler said. Police didn't elaborate on the nature of their questions. Jeff Kearney, one of Laughlin's attorneys, presented a different view of his client's situation. Kearney depicted Laughlin as a woman too shaken by her abductor and her husband's death to talk to police. We've told them that we don't feel this is an appropriate time for her to talk to anyone, Kearney said. Kearney said Pamela took and passed a polygraph examination already. Kearney said he and Tom Zachary, Pamela's other attorney, had the, examina had the examination administered by a qualified private polygraph operator. 
Kearney visited Cole at the police department the day after and showed him the results of the test. But Cole said Monday night that the list of questions had been drawn up by her attorneys and did not include questions that the fourth police needed to ask her. Pamela, after all, police said, can choose not to answer the questions. For four months, both cases went cold. Then news broke. John Laughlin's parents went before an assembly of media to announce that they were offering a $50,000 reward for fresh clues that might help the stalled investigation into the slaying. Up to now, we've gotten very little information, his father told reporters. We're hoping that some developments will come now that haven't come before. Fort Worth Police Chief H.F. Hopkins said the reward offered was the largest he was aware of in a Fort Worth police investigation. Parker County DA Max Smith Parker County Sheriff Billy Kane and Hopkins said both agencies were investigating the homicide, although Kane said it appeared Laughlin had been shot and killed in Parker County near where his body was found. That meant the case was Parker County's. Police had not ruled out that both cases might have been drug-related or possibly linked to to a murder-for-hire scheme. The chief said the 50000 reward should bring police some new leads in the case. Then he added... I think there's some people involved in this who would kill you for less than that. Captain Ben Dumas, head of Fort Worth Detectives, said the joint investigation has been hampered by Pamela's refusal to testify before the Tarrant County Grand Jury. It appears to us Pamela Laughlin, for some reason unknown to us, refuses to be interviewed or give additional information about the kidnapping, said Fort Worth Major Case Lieutenant Ray Arman. He continued, we are unable to make contact with her, and we are unable to investigate the offense of kidnapping. So the investigation will have to be conducted through other means, said Hopkins, the fourth police chief. Police are treating it as legitimate kidnapping at this point. In addition, he said, Laughlin's parents had hired a private investigator to aid in the case. Jake, let's talk about Oscar's pub for a second. The home base for so many good people on the west side of Fort Worth, the birthplace of the Signal 51 Chronicles, wasn't far from where we're where we're sitting that Jake and I made our vows. Wait, what, 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 no, where, where we, hold on, where we fashioned the idea of what would become the Signal 51 Chronicles. And it's here, Jake, at Oscars Pub, that you can drink the tastiest beverages with the friendliest people. Be nice or go home. That's that's the motto of Oscar's Pub. And that is Oscar's Pub. A true friend to the Signal 51 Chronicles. Located at 6323 Camp Bowie. Five months after the murder of John Laughlin, police got the break they had been waiting for. On April 29, 1983, Ronald E. Ferry of Westworth Village was arrested and charged with murder in the case. Laughlin's missing guns had been traced to him. On May 9th, a second man, Lucky Wright, was arrested and transferred to the Parker County Jail on suspicion of capital murder. Police officer D.P. Rubenstein, accompanied by major case detectives, stopped the second suspect at 4.45 p.m. in the 7200 block of West Elizabeth Lane and executed the arrest warrant. Officers found a pistol and narcotics in his boot. Detectives then went to the man's Arlington Heights business to search the building. Meanwhile, prosecutors were increasing the pressure on Pamela, compelling her to testify with a subpoena. 
But when prosecutors began their questioning, she invoked her Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination and refusing to testify. On May 11th, police made their move on Pamela. She was arrested and charged with capital murder. Police followed Pamela from her home on Briarhaven to Wycliffe Street. There, unmarked units stopped her at 2.50 p.m. on a Tuesday. When I arrested her, she couldn't understand what was going on, Armin said. A former acquaintance of John Laughlin said Wednesday, after hearing of Pamela's arrest, that she stood to lose a lot in the divorce. Because of their social status, she thought she was entitled to a lot more, the friend said. Police said they found several pistols and a rifle when they searched Wright's Beauty Shop, Hair West, on Birchman. Armand said one of the weapons found was believed to be used in the abduction of John Laughlin, but none of the seized firearms was the weapon that fired the shot or shots that killed Laughlin. Lucky Wright and Pamela were accused of paying $500 to Ferry, 29, and a fourth person, Stephen Vieira, to kill Laughlin. The death plot began shortly after Wright and Laughlin began dating after the Laughlin separation, police said. She made some remarks about losing everything in the divorce settlement. Wright said he would take care of her problems, and then the scheme developed. Smith and Ferry and Vieira were hired to carry out a plan developed by Wright and Pamela Laughlin to kill John Laughlin for $500, according to reports. Smith said Vieira gave Fort Worth Police Lieutenant B. Ray Armand, who headed the Fort Worth investigation, a statement about the slain. Ferry was charged with murder on April 27th in Parker County in connection with Laughlin's death. Fort Worth and West Worth Village Police arrested Ferry on April 23rd at his home in connection with the theft of five firearms from Laughlin's apartment in December. Police were able to trace one of the firearms taken from Laughlin's home back to Ferry. Smith said the slaying occurred December 13, 1982, the night that Pamela asked her husband to come to her home to repair the door. Smith said Wright arranged for Ferry and the fourth man to drive to Pamela's home and hide near the driveway where John Laughlin parked his Ford Bronco. Smith said the pair hid in the bushes until Laughlin left his wife's home. The two men then forced Laughlin to accompany them to a rural area southwest of Weatherford, where he was shot four times with the 45 caliber pistol. His body was found on December 14th in a field. Laughlin's Bronco was later found at a west side apartment complex where Pamela once lived, police said. Armin declined to comment about a motive in the slain. He said Pamela and Wright had a quote physical attraction for each other, but he would not say what part of the relationship had in Laughlin's death. The $50,000 reward had no impact in the break, police said. This was a close-knit group. Money didn't mean anything to them or they were too scared to talk. Fear was more a motive than greed was, Armin said. He said police developed most of the information themselves. It all sounded fishy, friends of the Laughlin said. Why wouldn't Pamela talk to the grand jury? Smith originally asked Judge Harry Hopkins of Parker County to set bail at $750,000 for Pamela. 
Hopkins set it at 500,000 and then 200,000 after her father said he was his daughter's sole support and couldn't afford more than $10,000. As an aside, Parker County Sheriff Billy Kane said he didn't even know if any bail bondsman had the assets to underwrite a $750,000 bond. Wright and Pamela each posted $200,000 bails the next day. It marked the first action in what turned out to be a protracted, complicated proceeding. Resolving the death of John Denton Laughlin would take years. So before we get into the second part, a few things stand out. Location. Again, Hewlin and Bel Air, site of Laura Crane, blocks, only mere blocks from Nicole Blahitka. Yeah. This is a haunted <laughs> intersection. This is a haunted area. It is. Well, and Colin Davis was just there, down. Colin was just, Davis. Was just down the street. Down the street. And in fact, uh, uh, I'm drawing a blank on her name, but, but uh, uh, Beverly Bass was the one who came to came to the Davis mansion and her boyfriend Gus yep. Gavril was shot. Yep. And she ran across the field and flagged down a car who gave her a ride to that very intersection, Hewlin and Bel Air, where she got on a payphone and called nine one one. I believe that Pamela claimed that she made her call to police across the street from that from that same payphone. So yeah, you're right. Didn't think about that. That's that's a that's a haunted spot. That really is. That is indeed. What else stands out to you in this? Well, I don't want to get into too much detail because part two will be coming out next week. But I think it's important to examine what seems strange. So as the listeners are waiting for part two. Look at the parts or listen to the parts that sound strange to them. Does that or will that have a role in it? I don't know yet. I don't know either. I will say this, that uh, <clears throat> that I found it odd that the her father said that he couldn't afford more than $10,000 for that bail. Yet she has some pretty high-priced attorneys going here and Jeff Kearney and who is still going strong in oh, Florida, yeah. Texas. Yeah. And Tom Zachary, God bless his soul, who's passed away a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, have, we're, we're very noted and able defense attorneys. And they will earn every penny as this trial goes on. Oh, they're going to earn, yeah, they, they earn certainly every penny of it. And I was really surprised. The $50,000 reward, $100,000 in today standards right if yeah something like that some, it's going to be close to yeah. that i mean that's a huge huge reward mm -hmm. and police say that led to no clues i don't know yeah uh when i when i when i was doing the research and saw that uh they made the arrest of this ronald ferry guy he's the first guy that popped up in the research i immediately thought Somebody turned on him for, for 50 grand. Oh, what comes out in part two is going to shock people, I think. I think so, too. And that, that 50 grand is uh, close to $150,000. Okay, 150000 Wow. It's I, certainly a lot of money. Even 50000 a day would be a lot of money for... 
And keep in mind, that was a private reward. Right. That wasn't, you know, today the Crime Stoppers, very structured amounts, or you get company, corporation, whatever, donating the reward money. That's a private reward from the Laughlin family. Right. And I think the uh, that clearly, clearly speaks to some frustration. We had been at four months at that time. Four months. And police had no leads, really, any any solid evidence. Let's put it that way. Nope. They had some suspicions. Well, that they did. And I think people are going to like, like part two. So that concludes the first part, the murder investigation of John Denton Laughlin. Yeah. I think it's important that our listeners make sure to subscribe on our YouTube channel, Signal 51 Chronicles. Very important. Like and subscribe on all of your preferred podcast platforms. And with that, we will drop part two next week. Yeah, we'll be back next week with uh, the winding trail of justice on the, uh, the murder of John Laughlin. We'll see you then. Roxo Media House.